Hi everybody, it's the Soccer OG, and I'm not at home recording this. I am at Dignity Health Sports Park, formerly known as the StubHub Center, formerly known as the Home Depot Center, and I'm here to give you the sights, the sounds, and in the great words of Spinal Tap, Marty DeBerge, the smells of El Clasico Angelino, El Tropico, whatever you want to call it. Uh, in the background, you can hear they're, they're uh, I believe, going to build a, have a statue for Landon Donovan, so a lot happening here in the park here today. And I want to say something. You know, I, I work for LAFC. First of all, please rate, review, subscribe on the podcast. I'm not doing an intro this time. This is the beginning. We appreciate your support and helping us let this little podcast grow. Tell your friends. I know the folks. I'm getting good numbers in Philadelphia for some reason. And Malvern, Pennsylvania. I appreciate you. And in Los Angeles, where we're here for the... Uh, for this big game. And I'm going to walk around here and you'll get, we'll speak to a lot of special guests. Congratulations to Landon Donovan, a legend. But I did want to say about this park and there's so many new venues. This place still holds up. It's, it's, a, it's a magical place. And without this, so much other stadiums could not have been. I'm an LAFC guy. Our stadium's the best in the league. But this is also a very uh, special place as well. And it makes this derby big. And look, I come walking in. Oh, great turnout from the traveling supporters. I come walking in. And first person I see, Christian Miles, who uh, we worked together at Fox Soccer Channel for years. We used to drink and hang, sleep in the parking lot together. We used to do a lot of things. Now we're dating ourselves here, pal. But yeah, it's uh, lo and behold, here we are. And look how far we've come. Really? Crickets? Maybe? <laughs> I don't know. On the other side of the fence, great to see you. Great to be with you. I love the soccer OG. love what you're doing. Um, oh, that's very nice of you to say. Yeah, I mean, I'm not on board with your team, but, you know, I'm on board with what you're doing. Um, you download this episode at least. All of you, a hundred times. I'll, you. I'll tweet it for you. Thank you. Um, yeah, great to see you. Great to see uh, this El Trafico. Excited. Uh, electric atmosphere. It will be. Um, talk about a game. Both teams can't afford to have up right now. This I, is it. I should have prefaced this. I didn't mean to cut you off. But you call games for the Galaxy. We work together. When I work for the Galaxy, you work for the Galaxy now. So you, you know this team pretty well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Here thick, uh, through thick and thin. We've been here like the last six, seven years. And, you know, all the way from G2. Now on to LA Galaxy. Calling the games with the great Joe Titino. So, uh, I'm hoping to catch up to Joe. I'm going to bug him and stick this, this little mic microphone in his face. Yeah, I'm kind of his Ed McMahon. I just dated myself again, but I'm his Ed McMahon. Joe's the Dude, big guy I'm here. trying to get the 18 to 35 <laughs> 18 to 35 is a podcast, so you can't drop Ed McMahon. Google it. Google it. Google it. Google Ed McMahon. <laughs> um, but yeah. Remember we saw this stadium when it was being built. I had to tell you a story. When you and I were working at Fox Soccer Channel. Why are you going full-on announcer and, voice for this uh, story? Well, anybody. Hi, everybody. I'll tell you a story about 1997. Century 2003. And uh, we had been partaking and imbibing just a little bit. And then, lo and behold, our one boss, who we will refrain from naming, said, Hey, why don't you grab a microphone and interview that guy? I'm like, who's that guy? Oh, it's just Pele. So I can I say something about that Pele interview? Absolutely. I think it's okay. I remember you told me that his yeah. breath wasn't so hot. His breath was awful. Pele's breath was awful. Lovely <laughs> man. He was an okay player. I mean, this is going to get me thousands of downloads that we can tell you that <laughs> Pele's breath. Pele's not doing well, but we hope him the very best. So I probably shouldn't bring it up now. But I remember you said that. Hey, I got my breath's not great, so you can call me out on it too. So we got that out. Well, we got that out of the way. Yeah, it's true. Um, <laughs> but we are getting old. But yeah, it was uh, funny times. That was what 2003. So fast forward 18 years later. My, how far we've come. I tell people this is going to be the biggest soccer fixture in a few years. It is. I don't want to uh, uh, overstep my bounds because what they have in Portland, Seattle goes back many, many years, the NASL, and that's the only one I can think of that's up above it, really. 
I, I put this one at the top right now. The Just the nature of the games in itself is great. And you can hear it right now. There's your boys up there. Let's see. Can you We're hear about it? an hour and a half before kickoff. And that's the away supporters. So wait till the Galaxians get in here in the Angel City Brigade. We have a little. Why are they not here yet? War of words. Oh, is that their tailgating? That, that oh, is, you had to get some oh. carne asada. You didn't get any? No, I didn't. Oh, I shouldn't. Fantastic. I probably. Almost what's up? There. What's you up? You were what's up, brother? Wow. <laughs> well, Chris, everybody. The man of the hour. <laughs> I'm going over there. It's a it's a family affair here. You're really popular here. And you don't even work here That's anymore. That's Will who works at the stadium and I constantly leave things at the stadium and I email him, hey man, my water bottle, my AirPods, and he's like, yeah, yeah, they're oh, here. Oh, so he has to talk to you, basically. Yeah, I'm such a pain in the back with the butt. Oh, we know. I mean, I've worked with you for 15 years, so. Yeah. I'm thinking, uh, I am thinking about doing a Uber podcast or... Well, like in an Uber? No, but a mega podcast of the history of Fox Soccer Channel. Oh my God! I think it would be worthwhile. I think it I'll would it, be. I'll get everybody. It's gonna. You're gonna get like maybe ten viewers, and it's gonna be the best experience of your life. <laughs> it's not worth it then. Yes. We soccer did. hieroglyphics. I mean, talk about turning back the rule book. I mean, talk about turning back the soccer log. There's a lot, a lot of good juice. There's a lot of meat on those bones. There you, sure you, is. You need to peel off, and you're. You know what? You're a big part of that. You need to do that. Okay. If you're listening to this podcast, let me know if you are interested in a history of Fox Soccer Channel. I guarantee you, you're going to hear stories you would not believe. Some that probably will ruin my career. Partial nudity is involved. A lot of odiferous scents in voiceover booths at just godforsaken hours of the morning. I'll tell you one right now. Foolery. I'll tell you one right now. There was one time I, I had some flatulence. And that it was time? awful. <laughs> that one time. <laughs> Guy Jose was like the manager, and he goes, "Who did that?" And I go, "Oh, it was me." He goes, "That's it. I'm writing you up." And I'm like, "What?" He goes, "I'm writing you up. You can't do that." And then the coworkers in the back were in tears, laughing, going, "You're getting written up for that. Of all the things, to get written up for." He farted, and I was, I could not have been more ashamed. <laughs> written That's up. That's chapter 18. I love that. Fantastic. There you so, go. So it writes itself. I mean, you know. Hey, do you think that who wins this? Gal the Galaxy, they're struggling too. Much. You know what? They're both struggling. Neither can afford to lose I know. this. I think the pressure is on on you guys right now. Yeah, we're on the wrong um, side you know, of the line. Yeah, you're at five points off the line, off the pace right now. So neither team can afford to lose this. But the way both are defending right now, there's going to be goals. It's going to be a lot of fun. Okay. Hey, Milesy, I'm going to continue roaming around. But thank you for for getting the message out. I have a feeling people want more Milesy. I hope so. I hope so. If not, they're going to get it anyway. You could retire early. All right, I'll be back. I'll be palpitating around. Hi everybody, now I am in, you can see I'm inside the uh, press area and I'm going to sneak up on the ESPN folks, John Champion, Taylor Twelman are calling this game and uh, I'm going to ask him about this, the game as well. So we're going to get like you know, national media here on the Soccer OG, which is what I do. I'm, I, I, I'm the guest booker, but I'm not booking anyone here, I'm just sneaking in. Hello gentlemen, how's it going? Enough of this rubbish. Every week you come out with this complete nonsense and I have to put up with it. Yeah, you. What? Yeah, yeah. You know what? Go screw yourself. Did I come at a bad time? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I was just with my friend here. I know. This is it. So you guys don't get along. No, we actually hate each other. So how long have you been coming as Johnny Cash's stunt double? I'm all in black with the shoes. I look good, bud. I look terrible in gold. 
And I, I tried it. I tried it. It failed miserably. It was not a good look. If anyone could carry it off, it's you, Max. It yes. Is. Hey, have you enjoyed? How much time you've been in LA? Uh, a couple of days. Yeah. I was supposed to get in contact with you and bring you to the El Segundo Brewing Company, and I failed miserably. Well, we're back in three weeks for an LAFC Seattle game, so it happens then. Okay. Are yeah. We, is it a date? Is that the first time Max has ever failed miserably? Has it? We also enjoying this land. Are they building Landon Donovan a statue? Uh, they may be building a stadium at the rate this thing's going. Listen, we, we love it. John and I have been here since 245, and the thing's still going. Who, so uh, Chris Klein has spoken, Sunil Gulati, Don Garber, Bruce Arena did a video message here. David Moyes, David Arsene Moyes, Wenger. Richard Moskin, his agent. Richard Moskin, naturally. Yep. Yeah. He's cleaner, I think. He's cleaner, <laughs> yeah. God. God. God spoke. It's quite the event. I should be out there. It's a, Yeah, what are you talking to us for? <laughs> I kind of blew up this one. Are you? Uh, okay, all, all seriousness. I'll, or we can keep going on this path. No, no, no. Uh, but it's, it's good to have you guys tonight. What do you think of this fixture? Obviously, these teams are... But it's still... It's, your it face still resonates. It My Nobody face. can see your face, but your face. Well, it's the first time this game is filled with desperation on yeah. both sides. Usually LAFC is coming into this one flying, right? Yes. And, and LA Galaxy are desperately trying to get a result, whether Zlatan was here or not. It was always that way. Now all of a sudden both teams are like, are we gonna, do we want to be in the playoffs? I think that's the most interesting thing. You know it's what honestly done. weird. I mean, we often say if there's one thing that MLS lacks, it's jeopardy. Yeah. Well, these two sides have created their own yes. you know, for the rest of the season. So I love it because the. You so enjoy calling there. jeopardy as opposed to like two teams that are just. Yeah, I bet one of the frustrations of Major League Soccer. I mean, great competition though it is is that there are some mid-season games that you know, frankly, because of the playoff format, don't Her matter. Man. If you drop a game here, drop a game there, overall it doesn't matter. But this now, there's no more of that for either the Galaxy or LAFC this season. See, if I recorded this and I put it out, people would get excited because you guys just got me excited for the game. But I will say this. Yes. Today in L.A., <laughs> Lakers preseason, yep. 20,000 showed up for this. Rams, Cardinals. Rams, Cardinals. By the way, Cardinals kicked their ass. Is it over? 34-13 right now. This is a Charger town anyway. Uh, <laughs> don't let, don't record it. I'll bleep that out later. Um, Joe Titino's also talking here, yes, but he's yes, MC yes, voice. Yes. I'm gonna try and get a word from him too. Yes. And then Dodgers are playing. They're expecting like sixty thousand there. So yes. this is gonna be. It's important to get attention of the LA folks, the LA media. You're the LA. missing the most important game of the evening, by the way. In LA, Tom Brady returns to the Patriots. As a Buccaneers quarterback, that's on the exact same time as this game oh, on national well, television. We've got the same theme here, though. We've got a, a, a returning, well, I use the word star loosely, but someone that used to play for one team, now playing for the other. Max First time ever, Nico Hamalainen. Nico Hamalainen. Making history, Max. Yes. History. That's, uh... <laughs> Everyone in Finland's watching this one. <laughs> Huge in Helsinki, which would be a great name for a band, by the way. Right? Yeah. Huge in Helsinki. Hey, man, I, I play bass for Huge in Helsinki. Uh, we'll be opening up here for the Stone Rose. That's terrible. I'm sorry, John. In front of an Englishman, you're... No, no, no. I'm, I'm taking that. I'm, listen, I'm half American these days. Yes. I spent too much time with him not to be, so... Your accent's Americanizing a little bit. It's well, great. When I start to say things like gotten, though, you're allowed to slap me around the face. <laughs> <laughs> or Masshole. Yeah, we work with some of those. Buddy. Yes, Masshole, someone from Mass who's so from Mass that yes. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. they're a asshole. Yeah, I saw Bill Simmons mention that, and he goes, and I looked at him, I go, yeah, he was 100% correct. That's yeah. a asshole. Most of them work at Logan Airport. <laughs> Favorite airport for traveling? Uh, Logan, because yep. it's the closest. Yes. Yeah. 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 Not LAX, not why LAX. Is it? Why do we wait at LAX? Oh, Are you having a laugh? Have you tried getting an Uber at LAX? <laughs> you My wife laugh. picks me up, I don't take an Uber. Oh, very well, nice. that's, that's why, that's why. Uh, I would, Miami International, I've been traveling, that's the worst. Oh, buddy, that thing. Yes. I land, you I land. You need your passport to get your passport into the, I mean, what is that? It's a whole different country. Yes. And you know what bugs me about it? I, I did not expect this to go this direction, but it is. Yeah, we're here. So I'm getting off a flight from Dallas, and then right next to me, there's people in shorts going to Buenos Aires, and the next one over is going to yep. St. Kitts and Nevis. And that bugs me a little bit. Because you want everyone to go to Dallas? No, <laughs> I want to switch spots. They're welcome to take my Dallas DFW ticket. So. Wait, are we, are we, this league's, the numbers for you guys, good at ESPN? Yes. You're feeling good about this league? I am. I am. I think, I think we've been we, toiling at this for a long time. Yeah, but we have to be fair to the league coming after a pandemic, trying to squeeze in games when traditionally this league, because you have to travel so far, it's difficult to play a game every three days. You're not in England, you're not in Germany, so continentally, you can't. it's very difficult to pull off, right? Columbus plays Campione's Cup and immediately has to go play Philadelphia. Inter-Miami plays and then has to go the longest trip ever to Portland, which is literally seven-hour flight. You know, no other league in this world has that. So I think some of the some of those issues is you're still going to have games that teams just can't, they can't get it done. Yeah. They physically can't get it done. But yeah, th this league's moving in the right direction, absolutely. I think we need more Carlos Velas, though. Yeah. I think we miss Carlos Vela. Who's out there that could be Carlos Vela that could? Mm, that's a good one. I was thinking, who could we get could someone like on that? And I'm like, I, I can't. I can't think of anyone. You like you, you've seen this league. Yeah. Uh, where do you rate the, the quality? I mean, I, I, I know the defensive side. I mean, it makes it a lot of high-scoring games, but... Well, it does, but then look where all the money's spent. So it's going to be that way, isn't it? Because you spend the money on attacking players and maybe the odd attacking midfielder, never on a goalkeeper, rarely on a defender. So that that's fine. That's fine. You accept that for what it is. I just think it's a, a league that's coming to an age of maturity yep. now. Yep. I'd say I've been here three like years. A fine wine. Well, I'd like to think eventually it'll be a fine wine. Um, there's no danger any longer of it ending up being corked, which there probably was in the early years, because we frankly didn't know that there was Absolutely. going to be a happy ending to the story. Now we know that there will be. Yeah. And it's just a question of how high it can fly and in what time scale as well. But I think if you're listing the top 10 leagues in the world now, then you're, you're getting MLS on the fringe of the conversation, which you weren't certainly five years ago. Not in the top 10, but pecking around. Well, pecking around because I, I think, think around 2005, it was the top 10 league in the world. Yeah. Really? Do you <laughs> think it was. So? Well, Max was calling games. Was that was a big... Was the MVP. Was, no, but yeah. was, wasn't that the season where defending was actually outlawed in the league? <laughs> actually, yeah. Actually, if you wore a number higher than 12, you were not allowed to be tackled. Do you know who called his only trophy? Uh, did you have that? I called that privilege. Game. I called that game. I remember him. In, uh, I remember him on one of those uh, hotel cards. Did you call the postgame party too, or no? <laughs> I just saw it. I go. I want to be part of that party. I'm interested in that because statistically, there's a much bigger chance that you would have called one of his runners-up <laughs> occasions, isn't there? No, that was because I was still at Fox, and those were games were on ESPN. So go have you. Uh, I appreciate you guys. Now you have to call a game. Can we go back to our argument now? Yes, yeah. Because I'm just tearing him off a straight. Okay, yeah, get, let him, can I, I just want to record the tail end of that. Okay, look, I mean, you use this word asshole or masshole, as you are, because you live in Massachusetts. You are one of those. I, yeah. Have There's no, no argument uh, about it. All right, guys, good seeing you. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovely, lovely to see Hey, you. how many points did the U.S. get at this rank? Seven, nine? Six. Six? 
Seven. 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 I said seven, too. So we're good. Mark Connolly! Just say something. Eight, eight points. Eight points. Eight <laughs> impossible! It's impossible, but it will take it. Eight points. He keeps. He, we keep him around till November. All right, lads. I'm going to go bother some other people. <laughs> you guys are the greatest. And I miss you dearly. We'll see you soon. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Eight points! That was funny. <laughs> Eight points! See ya! Alright, I'm continuing my, uh, my journeys around Dignity Health Sports Park. Place that, you know, I call a lot of games. I see Chris, I, I, I just walked into the Galaxy Radio booth and here with Joe, Joe Tatino. I just said Joe, because everyone knows Joe. It's okay. It's all good. <laughs> How long have we been in this? I already, I already waxed with uh, Milesy. You and I, together, we've known each other since Fox Sports World. Yes. Right? Yeah. And for me, it was... That's uh, 25 years then. Yeah, at least, right? So that was uh, that's that's how long we've known each other. So I was doing what the Serie A with Rick Davis, yeah. and it was a weird thing because you were always in there working and working and working on things, and I was always impressed by that. And uh, but we never had a chance to work together until you took over TV for Galaxy, and I was part of that pregame show yeah. that was very difficult to do for all of us. Yep. But uh, but yeah, we worked together since then. You've had a busy day because you were. I, I didn't get all the details, but Landon is being, are they build, building him a statue? Right, he's got, like the, the David Beckham he's statue. got another statue out there in Legends Plaza. But earlier today, they unveiled a mural for, for Landon at the local elementary school, Bonita uh, Street Elementary School. So there's a mural for him there. So we did that at uh, about 10.30 this morning. And this one, of course, at 3 o'clock is a beautiful new statue at Legends uh, Plaza here at Dignity Health Sports Park. And then obviously there's room for more. And the, and as you know, there are some legends that have played for this club throughout its history, it's so we're looking forward to it. Their history, the Galaxy's history, you know, I've, I've worked for the Galaxy, i worked for LAFC, and I know there's the, the fan bases get after it, and it sometimes gets a bit negative. I, I would love to see a collective at times. It, obviously, it's a game, and you don't right. you shouldn't like your opponent, but there's a shared space. And, but I will say this, it starts with, I think, with respect. And having watched Landon and having watched Beckham and what they did, it was, it was incredible. Right. You, we haven't seen it since. Anything right. like that. It's true. That's true. We have not seen it since. And and but sometimes you have to uh, honor it, respect it, and show it off because there's a responsibility that comes with playing for the LA Galaxy that I know young clubs want to build, and it takes time to do that. And the Galaxy have been able to do it. And and you and I and Christian have been fortunate to be part of it. This guy. Uh, <laughs> what do you think about I me? Mean, where this? Because I was talking to these guys about all that's happening in the city of Los Angeles sports. Yeah. So hard to get traction. Yeah. Dodgers, Angels, Lakers. I mean, we're talking about the creme de la creme in each sport. The Dodgers are at the top, the front of the table. Lakers, yeah. and the NFL is back, and it's unbelievable. Not college, UCLA, USC. I know it's carved out, it, but it almost almost has to. It has to be good to, to stay within. Yeah, so so we're in Southern California, as you know. You have to win, you have to be great. And that goes even for the Lakers. And I remember the bad years for the Lakers and the fact that the forum was not selling out for a time. So I remember those days. So, so here's the deal. Pre-pandemic, pre-pandemic on a Saturday night when both clubs were at home, we had over 40,000 people going to a soccer match in Los Angeles, no matter what was going on. And that says a lot 
for what these teams are about in this community. And so that's the way I look at it. Pre-pandemic, the soccer community in Los Angeles is supporting the game. It's not one or the other. We want both teams to do well because obviously that creates the rivalry and makes it even better. But, you know, we're getting back there. We got a sold out crowd here tonight. I know you guys are drawing pretty well at, the, at this moment. You know, we have to work through this together and find our way out of this pandemic. And hopefully there's not a new one waiting for us. Right. And there's fans to be won here. I mean, we've got to win fans because I think there's an appetite for it. And it's a great product. Yeah. When people come to a Galaxy or LAFC game, they'll be like, this is cool. I want to do it. Especially when they're playing each other or when they're playing someone else. Quality's better. I mean, we've seen this league where you're like, ugh. Yeah, I can't, yeah, I can't give it my stamp of approval. I give it my stamp of approval every time. Could we have better defensives, defensive efforts on some teams? Absolutely. Better defensive players? Maybe that's the one, th the one thing that has to work on. But more money for players' salaries, bringing some bigger stars. But the, the way it's progressed, I'm like, this is going to where they want to be. How soon that happens, I, I may not be, we may not be in the industry by the time it rolls around, but it's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely, it's going to happen. I think we'll be in the industry and we'll be happy to be yes. there. And here's the, here's the other thing though. What we need to convert is not steal a fan from LAFC right. or you from the Galaxy. We need to convert the fans that say, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. Me being Sicilian and you being Cuban descent, it's a yeah, but. I know how it was growing up. Yeah, you're great, but. But here's the deal, we need to continue to do that. And for me, it's always been with the greatness of the U.S. men's national team, it's kind of a trickle-down effect, and the MLS players that succeed with the U.S. men's national team, we need to continue to turn the wheel. And it's a cycle, and it takes a little time. And we're not far away from that. And what these guys do in the next World Cup qualifying will help us a bit more with both teams finding their way, finding their traction on the pitch. That'll continue to help both clubs convert those fans and make them understand that you might be from England or Ireland or Italy or wherever you might be, Brazil, Argentina, and you might have your nose stuck up in the air, but at some point, you're going to want to take your child to see the greatest American in your backyard. in your backyard. And we're there. We're there. I'm, you, you always walk me off the ledge, Joe. I appreciate that. Yeah. Hey, Milesy, really quickly. Yeah. I'm also talking about the U.S. national team. So we have three games coming up. Yeah. Home to Jamaica, road to Panama, home to Costa Rica. How many points do we get out of that? I don't know. Six. Six? Seven. Seven. I think seven, too. Good. Hoping for nine. If we were healthy, I'd say nine. I like, I like the two home games. It's kind of a flip from what we saw in the first round. So it leaves a lot of the pressure. Weston's back into the fray right now. Polisic's out, so that's going to be a big hurt. Gio Reyna, but uh, there's enough talent, enough depth, and a lot of new faces. I'm excited. By the way, I stick up for Sebastian Legette all the time. I do this U.S. soccer thing, and they are, are absolutely irate that Sebastian Legette is part of the national team setup. I'm like, he's the kind of guy you need. He does the dirty work. Not everyone's going to be Andrea Pirlo. He's a linker, though. He's, he's a, a linker. He really is a linker. And, and Coaches he, love these and guys. He does, he does make a huge... What he does with the U.S. national team, me being as the Galaxy announcer, I would love to see it game in, game out ah. here with the L.A. Galaxy. But his role changes a bit with the Galaxy. But what he does with the U.S. men's national team under Greg Berhalter, we're seeing the best of Sebastian Legent, and we're seeing an important player that a young team around him, and not necessarily built around him, but in terms of experience around him, they need that guy right now until they can take the baton. That's awesome, Joe. And it's a good point to think 
the coach, you may not be informed for your club or you may not be playing the way you do, but these coaches see what they can do and when they piece the jigsaw together, they say, all right, he can do this, he can do that job, I can trust him more than anyone else I'm gonna call in. And he, yes, I'm glad I asked this. Do you have a, do you have a good legit take? Because he is the most a divisive player on national team call-ups. He's also a divisive player amongst Galaxy circles too, <laughs> because Joe touched on the point, Galaxy supporters want to see the same Sebastian Legette that we see killing it for the U.S. men's national team. I think Joe said it best. He is a linker, but he also, you bring him in, he can kill off a game, he can give you lifts, he doesn't give up possession, doesn't make mistakes. He's reliable, and that's a great Burhalter needs in a group that has so much change right now. That's why I would have no national team uh, call-ups at all. Not reliable, not a linker. Hey, you guys are the best. Thank you very much. Milesy, stop following me around. Hey everyone, here I am again. I'm in the middle of the game. We're in the second half. Oh! Oh! Sorry, they're close calls. Oh! Offside. Offside! Got something to say? Okay, we'll get back to you. But I'm here at twilight of the stadium. It's fantastic. Nothing like being in a live football game. I am uh, bridging this. I hope you enjoyed all the conversations. Just want to let you know, I saw this giant seagull. I mean, the biggest seagull I've ever seen here. It was uh, spectacular. Riveting content, Max. This, riveting content. This is riveting. What is this? What, Jason Carapesi, producer of 110 Football Extraordinaire. What does this rivalry mean? Where is it headed? Where is it headed? Yeah. You can answer either of those two. Probably in the parking lot with some yeah. fisticuffs. If, if, if. Check my Twitter handle, uh, Max Bredo Sports. I have video of a fight. He does. I do. I just posted it. I really don't know what to say. I will say this. After this next little break, I'll be back and I'll break down the three games for the United States in this next World Cup cycle. Oh, great tackle. Chiqui Palacios. Maybe we'll get a goal here while I'm on the air. I'll break it all down and I'll tell you what will be the biggest development in CONCACAF coming up. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Here we go. Here we go. Come on. Four on two. Come on, Latif. Come on. Come on. Oh, that's not going to get it done. I'll be right back, everybody. I am back home. In case you were wondering, the game ended 1-1. Incredible to be out there. And uh, I just wanted to show you some of the stuff that we I get to, get to do. And go to some of these venues. Maybe talk to a lot of people. I knew it would be a big event. So I hope you enjoyed it. I'm trying to... Ex- some new things we're experimenting here on the podcast to see if we can break down some fourth walls here and show you what happens in the american soccer circuit we did that in las vegas for the gold cup final we do that again here speaking of there is a new soccer og youtube video out go to max bretos on youtube i had a video which performed very well thank you for all those who have been jumping on board we're going to try and do the same here for the podcast And I talked about the roster for the U.S. men's national team that is going to be there for the three October friendlies. Pardon me. I always keep doing that. The three October World Cup qualifiers. And video will be coming out later on Sunday night, Monday morning, previewing the three games that the United States will play in against Jamaica in Austin, Texas, against Panama down at their place, and against, against, who am I forgetting, Costa Rica in Columbus, Ohio. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that 
and just the situation we are in, there is so many tiers of American fandom when it comes to the U.S. men's national team. We have the old guard like me that uh, have seen a lot of games and know how the process works. But there's an exciting new group, and we have to pay attention to them. It's the kids, 18 to 23, 24. They get very passionate about the U.S. men's national team. And I, I see it on YouTube. We exchange barbs. They want a very selective group, very critical of Greg Berhalter. And quite frankly, Greg Berhalter deserves, deserves some criticism. Maybe they don't understand how the process works in qualifying, but maybe they're right. Maybe we should do everything in our power to change the process of the World Cup qualifiers. Maybe we should change the idea that we can't get points in visits to Costa Rica or El Salvador. Maybe we should encourage change for U.S. soccer. We do, but, you know, we always accept it for what it is. It's far from perfect. Uh, It's a... It's a group that has many flaws, lack of diversity. Uh, it's a very, it's a, it's a, an organization that collects a lot of money, and we don't know what happens. We know about the equal pay and the situation. You have the women's game and the men's game. A lot of streams get crossed. We don't know how the sausages are made, by and large. You know, Greg Berhalter is going to be criticized because his brother is involved with U.S. soccer, and it would seem that there that really helped prop him. Although Greg did his stripes as a U.S. manager. We heard it from Ernie Stewart saying we needed a manager that spoke English, which is, I'm like, wait a minute. We're the United States. We just didn't qualify for World Cup. Let's not limit any choices here. And that obviously was kind of directed at Tata Martino. So, you know, I have a lot of questions about U.S. soccer. And uh, I, I, I appreciate the young audience that wants to take them to task. And maybe they're the ones that change this sport here which we need it. We need a lot of adjustments. We need a lot of tinkering. We need uh, you know, wholesale changes, really. So I appreciate that group. But, you know, I, I, get, I also have to point out to them how things really work. And you can't build a 27-man roster of the guys that are playing in Europe uh, who have the most talent. You don't build rosters like that. You've got to be practical in many ways. Every national team does this. You have your exciting, creative playmakers. You have your specialists who score goals. You have your big center backs. You have your workers. You have your guys that, you know, cover up for other players so they can do their thing. And, you know, that's where a guy like Sebastian Legette or Christian Roldan fit in the U.S. team. You need guys like that that coaches feel confident in. So everyone gets up in arms with the selection process. You know, that select few Right now, Paul Ariola, Sebastian Legette, Tim Ream, Jossi Zardes, they get Christian Roldan. They get called in. They're like, wait a minute. Why isn't Julian Green in there? Why isn't Joe Scali? He's crushing it in Europe. Just because guys are crushing it in Europe doesn't mean, and not all of them are crushing it in Europe, doesn't mean you just put them in there. You need campaigners like the names that I just mentioned. I did want to say something here. And it really bothered me. So Tim Ream, who's part of that group of like, wait. And, and, and let's also say that Tim, the old guard, which is a very small group, Greg Berhalter and the U.S. men's national team, pivoted to the younger players, turned the keys over to Christian Pulisic and Tyler Adams and Weston McKinney. And it's already backfired a little bit. We saw Weston McKinney in the last cycle. He got sent home. 
they still got to grow. You can you cannot afford these situations in a World Cup qualifying cycle where guys don't do what they're supposed to do and don't follow the rules. Veteran players generally follow the rules. That's part of it. So you can't have all these young players. You can't have 18, Eunice Musa at 19, and Joe Scali at 18. and Julie. You can't have all these guys in there because they will melt. You need to have a good combination. So with Greg Berhalter, he didn't bring in Michael Bradley or Josie Altador. He severed the ties with that old group, Jeff Cameron, whomever else. There are a few that there are a few that hung on because you by necessity. And that's what this group is. They have uh, an expiration date. They are here to get the U.S. in the World Cup. They'll probably, not all of them, play in the World Cup if, when we make it. And then in t- back in 2022, it goes to the kids. That is the process you take. Every coach wants veteran players. They all do. They want players that make them feel comfortable. They know they want players that can do a job. And that's why this group is there. So I'm going to get really quickly to Tim Ream, which bothered me. News came out that he had to pull out of the U.S. squad and he was replaced by Walker Zimmerman. And it said because of personal reasons. I don't know what that is, but that's to walk away from a U.S. men's national team. Obviously, there's something there. And we should be concerned for Tim and we should support Tim. But all I saw was posts of, hey, we got an upgrade with Walker Zimmerman. Thank goodness Tim Ream's out. Are we really this way? Tim Ream is... He had a good September. That's beside the point in the World Cup qualifiers. He's American. We support our own, right? We don't sit there and say things like that. Oh, thank goodness he's not in the squad. I don't know what he's going through. But he pulled out of this camp because of it. And we should be concerned with him first before we start thinking about his replacement. Come on now. We're better than that. It was, it was, I was appalled. The first instinct when you see that, if you're going to tweet something or if you're going to uh, mention it to your friends is, oh man, I hope Tim's okay because he's part of this system. And I do hope Tim's okay and I hope it's, I hope it's, it's whatever it is is minor and I hope he can take that time out to, to get well or whatever it is. I'm not one to pry. The big omissions on the 27-man roster to me and I think to most people, Joe Scally. And Jordan Peefock. With their play, they both should have been on this team. I say that, and I mean it. They both should have been on this team. Do you make it two more players so it's 29 guys? Do you take away, let's say, Jossie Zardes and Shaq Moore, who really was the guy who didn't make any sense. That was the oddest of the bunch. Our fullback situation's a bit dire. We had problems. It was a strong point for the U.S. men's national team, but now Serginho Dest is on a Barcelona team, but we don't know what's going on. He still plays all the time. He's the number one choice. Anthony Robinson, solid, should be in there. Reggie Cannon and Brian Reynolds are not playing for their clubs, and they are in some sort of limbo. I mean, they're in the middle somewhere. We just don't know what to do. They're, they're, they're almost in a lost year. And then you, the options thinned out. Sam Vines is injured. You're kind of thinned out with the fullbacks. Should Joe Scally be in there and relieve it? Yeah, but let's remember he's 18. He's had one month. You kind of have to earn a national team spot over the time. You don't just click your fingers. Some guys have. Greg Berhalter brought Conrad De La Fuente in when he had a few good weeks for Marseille. By the way, he's not playing for that Marseille that much anymore. And he didn't get called in. Again, I wish both of them got... Scally should have been ahead of Shaq Moore and got in. Pivak probably gets in there as an added forward. 
I think I know why Greg Berhalter didn't call him. I mean, I think he sees him as a little one-dimensional. And when he did play in a qualifier, he he got isolated in the top, and he just wasn't coming back to help the team. And he was he was on an island. So it's a weird situation. He's just a, maybe a square hole in a round peg. I hope he gets a shot to get back in there. And it probably depends on how this group of forwards play in these three games. And they all have flaws. Jossie Zardes, part of that old guard. He works hard. Greg Berhalter used to coach him on the club level. He trusts him. Ricardo Pepe, fantastic, but he's 18, and he's not scoring goals right now. Josh Sargent out. Didn't play, didn't make it, nor should he have made it. That makes sense. Matthew Hoppy gets in. I'm excited about that, but he's not playing now for Mallorca. Didn't play the last two games. Tim Weah, playing well, gets in there. It's a good... It's a good group, but there's question marks for all of that. Midfield, we're good. McKenney, who's back, so thankfully that didn't escalate. Eunice Musa's playing for Valencia. And Tyler Adams has been back from injury. He is playing as well. And that should be your starting trio in the midfield, I think. Defensively, Chris Richards got called in. You know, Chris Richards was Joe Scally in September. Playing, didn't get in. But made made good in October. I imagine that's going to be Scally in November. They're raving about him at Mönchengladbach. He's in. It's a real success story. It's patience. I, don't, I mean, what, what did you expect Joe Scally to do in this cycle? Was he going to just come in and lock down that spot and play in balls? And he scored a goal on this weekend, which is big time for a guy who didn't get called in to come out there and score a goal. That's fantastic. So it shows what he's made of. But Chris Richards didn't get called in. He's going to call in now, and I think he's going to play. And he might play in a back three, kind of wide. Could be pretty pretty fruitful. So, Gianluca Busio gets back in because of his play. Luca De La Torre, we've been screaming for him to get in. He got in. So, I don't know what the problem is. You're not going to like every, every pick. I'll say this about the U.S. It's the hardest team to make in CONCACAF right now. It is. Yes, Mexico. You heard me correct. It's the hardest team. Team to crack. Even with Gio Reyna and Christian Pulisic injured, it's the toughest team to get on. Brendan Aronson has become our number one export, and he continues to play at, a, at an incredible level for a team that's excelling Red Bull Salzburg for their league and also in the Champions League. Their first place in their Champions League group after two games. He becomes a, a focal point. He becomes the guy, right? We have next guy syndrome. We have it. And it's not a situation where Reina and Pulisic are out. We're going, oh my goodness, who are we going to call up? No, we got options. Got options for days. Even a guy like Conrad De La Fuente, who made the roster, didn't make it, and he would have been an option. But he's down the pecking order now. So now we look towards this U.S. team, and what do we expect from these three games? In the first three games of September, I said... Five points. They got five points by the skin of their teeth. Had to go back in the second half against Honduras and come up big, which they did. That's an answer. This group of games, home to Jamaica, way to Panama, home to Costa Rica. I'm setting the number at seven. But I think they can get all nine points here. This is the easiest segment of qualifying. This is a an opportunity to distance yourself and by all intents and purposes, really qualify for the World Cup. Not automatically, but you know you're going to the World Cup by the end of these three games. It's possible. 
you could look at the standings and the difference between third, which is the automatic, and maybe fourth is five or six points. If it's Costa Rica and Jamaica five or six points behind you after six games of 14, they're not catching you. I think the U.S. can obtain that in this group of qualifiers. I think Mexico, Canada, and USA pull away from the pack here. Like Lance Armstrong, minus all the uh, steroids, pulling away up the Alps from the groups, from the peloton, as you will. Mexico, Canada, October 7th, the Azteca. What is Canada made of? I think they, they're red hot now. Jonathan David continues to score goals. He's going to be a handful. Mexico is flawed. Mexico, Canada, USA get these points? Very interesting. Very interesting indeed. Those are the three that I picked to make the World Cup, and I will feel very confident about my selection if those results are obtained. And remember, the USA plays Mexico in the first qualifier in the next window in November. They can get, isn't that amazing? They can get all nine points. I, I, I would be stunned if they get less than six. Uh, it's even without those key players, partly because of the schedule. Jamaica is going to be the toughest of the three, in my estimation, because they have a lot of good British-based players. England Premier League Championship, uh, Daniel Johnson, Bobby Reed, Damian Lowe, Liam Moore, Ethan Pinnock, Jamal Lowe. Love uh, Andre Gray, Mikel Antonio, Andre Blake, a great keeper who plays in Major League Soccer. They have a big group of guys that could flick the switch. They have struggle, struggled in the first three games. They did get a point at Costa Rica. But that, I think, when it's all said and done, will be the trickiest of the three. Panama, the U.S. have never lost in Panama. It's not a difficult place for them to play. It's not like going to San Pedro Sula or going to Costa Rica. It's a very favorable spot. Panama's been a nice story in these qualifiers, but maybe they come off the boil. On paper, they don't have a they're not very dynamic. They're good defensively. They have some I like a lot of their players. And uh Rolando Blackburn, who scored some goals for them, is gonna be a handful, big number nine. Uh but Barcenas is another guy, midfield, really good. I've been, I've been really impressed with Panama, but this is not a scary place for the U.S. to go. Finally, Costa Rica. Costa Rica is in a transition. They are in not going to the World Cup. I think they know that. They've got to, they, they have to change this group considerably as this qualifying goes on because they still bring in Brian Ruiz and Celso Borges. Those guys have to make way for some young players, but maybe they don't have young players. I think they thump Costa Rica in that third game. I mean, 3-1... 4-1, 3-zip. And if they do that, Costa Rica, bye-bye. Not qualifying. They've beaten Honduras at their place. Who can catch the U.S.? Mexico, Canada, and maybe Panama. Maybe I'm a little too optimistic. But I feel really good about this. September, they set the table. October, they grab the fruit. We will have recaps of each game after they're played on the Soccer OG YouTube. Max Bretos, check it out there. Thanks for everyone who's joined in there. And if you're on the, if you're checking out the YouTube, check out the the podcast. I have incredible guests. Franklin Leonard of the Blacklist will be coming up next Monday. His brother played at MLS. He's incredible in film, and he's a, obviously a big U.S. soccer fan. We'll talk about the world sport, and we'll we'll, we'll talk about Ted Lasso. We'll talk about the phenomenon of soccer on TV and movies. And then Tactical Manager, who's part of this young group of pundits, for, for lack of a better word, on YouTube. 
I'm going to talk to him. We're going to have a real, we're going to have some arguments, but we're going to get down to it. We're going to roll up our sleeves and talk about it because I truly believe these young uh, content producers and they have gotten an audience that listens to them and they're, we've got to engage the young audience. As you may know or may not know, in this business, the 18 to 35s is everything. That's where the money's at. That's where your content has to go. You, you got to cater to that group. And these guys are doing it. So we'll have that. We'll have some very cool um, podcasts moving forward. I, I have my Rolodex dated reference out. And we're going to have the big guests as it goes on. So I thank you for your support. I hope you enjoyed this. A little different podcast. Get a little flavor of this and that. I will talk to you guys very soon. And until then, Placido Domingo. <laughs>